Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves via the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening in Braves country, you are having a terrific start to your Thursday or Tuesday. What may be a very early start to your Tuesday, considering whether or not you stayed up for a late night edition of Braves baseball from Chavez Ravine, Dodger Stadium, in Los Angeles. You can find all the great content from the Talking Chop Podcast Network as well as all the content overall from Talking Chop at TalkingChop.com as well as at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. You can find myself, Sean Coleman, at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So last night, the Braves obviously headed to Los Angeles to begin another critical road trip in their stretch run of the season to claim the NL East division title. And they went into last night's game with some needed momentum, coming off a series vict- a series win over the weekend against the team with the best record in the majors in the San Francisco Giants. And they did it in convincing fashion on Sunday. Ian Anderson returning from an injury. He had a stellar start. Eddie Rosario in his first start in a Braves uniform, delivering a big hit as long as other, once again, displays of power from Jorge Soler, Austin Riley, and others. It was a great victory for the Braves to get off, to get, to get, to go to end their homestand in Atlanta against the Giants and go into Los Angeles, hopefully, with a bit of momentum. But the thing about it is this, is that Dodger Stadium certainly has been a house of nightmares for the Braves in recent memory, whether it be the regular season or the postseason. And those nightmares certainly once again surfaced in the early parts of last night's game. Four early Dodger home runs gave Los Angeles a 5 to nothing lead against Drew Smiley and the Braves. And the unfortunate thing for Smiley is that his inability to keep the ball in the ballpark is now starting to reach historic levels. In 2019, Smiley became the first pitcher since 1913 when earned runs started to be recorded. He became the first pitcher to allow 30 or more home runs in a season in which he pitched 115 or less innings. Well, last night, in giving up four home runs in the first three innings of his start, he now had allowed 27 home runs this season in 114 innings pitched. So Smiley, over his past two full seasons of being a starting pitcher, is allowing home runs at a rate that has rarely been seen in recent Major League Baseball history, and it certainly has reared its ugly head over the past few weeks in the the Braves' rotation, to the point now 
though the Braves' overall pitching has certainly improved, now with many arms back from injury, you certainly can start to question whether or not Smiley is going to make his next start, especially with the fact that it's going to be in Coors Field. That's a debate for another time, but Smiley once again certainly was not able to be at his full form, and the home runs once again reared their ugly head and put the Braves down five to nothing. Well, of course, if you're going to go down against any team five to nothing, the last team you want to do it against is the Dodgers, especially on the road against the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium. But the Braves did try to make things interesting. After getting down five to nothing, they did start to make a comeback. Back-to-back home runs, once again off the bat of Jorge Soler as well as Freddie Freeman, with Adam Duvall adding one later on in the game as well. And through all of that, through all of the early troubles and through their ability to come back via the power once again, the Braves had a chance to make up for the early deficit with the winning run at the plate in Stephen Volk for the last at-bat of the game. Unfortunately, the Volk did get a good pitch to hit. He flew out, and the Braves lost 5-3. to three. Obviously, the struggles of Smiley stand out as being a big concern of what his role will be in the rotation and in terms overall of his you know, pitching presence for the stretch run. That certainly is a negative from last night. A positive is definitely the fact that the Braves, once again, with all the quality depth that they now how that they now have to utilize, they at least made things interesting against the best team in the against the most talented team in the majors on the road. The Braves once again made it interesting. They had their chance to win the game, though unfortunately it did not work out. It certainly is a positive to take away that can give the Braves at least something to build off of for the rest of this series. But the other big takeaway from last night is this. The Phillies won their fourth game in the row, beating the Washington Nationals. Since Thursday, the Phillies have now made up two games in the division. The Braves' lead has gone from five and a half when they started uh, against the Giants on Friday to now three and a half games this morning. That obviously was expected with how tough the Braves' struggle was going to be against the Giants and the Dodgers and the Rockies following their sweep against the Yankees, but it is going to show the Phillies are back on track when it comes to winning games against the easy competition that they're facing right now. It's going to become very, very critical for the Braves to get at least one win over their next two games against the Dodgers in L.A. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Task for the Braves gets no easier over the next two days against the Dodgers tonight. Though the Braves do have their two most reliable arms in Charlie Morton tonight and Max Freed tomorrow night on the mound against the Dodgers, they'll be facing Walker Buehler tonight, followed by Max Scherzer 
tomorrow. It simply is going to be a very tough stretch over the next two get days for the Braves. But after last night's loss and with how well the Phillies are back to playing, you certainly have to hope the Braves will get at least one win over the next two nights against the Dodgers. And that will lead to them going 3-3 three, three and three against the Giants and the Dodgers following their two-game series loss to the Yankees back at home. Overall, a 3-5 and five record against the Yankees, the Giants, and the Dodgers. Yes, you would have hoped for better, but it certainly would not be the worst thing if the Braves can get a victory over the next two games. But besides the fact that the Braves certainly do need to get a victory here over the next 48 hours, another really interesting development to watch on this road trip will be how the Braves utilize the new outfield depth that they have, the quality of depth that they have with Eddie Rosario, with Eddie Rosario back from injury from Gwinnett. Obviously, Rosario has started the past two nights. His first start in a Braves uniform against the Giants in Atlanta, and then last night, a very interesting scenario where he started against a left-hander in L.A. And so I think that we're starting to get an idea of how the outfield hierarchy will be going forward when it comes to who will play against what pitchers the Braves will be facing. Now, Brian Snicker talked a bit about this. Chris Willis wrote about this over at Talking Chop in the Braves notebook, how the outfield utilization will look going forward. Brian Snicker said it will be on a day-to-day basis. But in my opinion, I do think as of right now, we're getting an idea of whom will, of what outfielders will start against what pitcher based on whether it's a right-hander or a left-hander, at least for the foreseeable future. First off in the hierarchy, Jorge Soler is going to play. He has been absolutely on fire since joining the Braves squad. As a matter of fact, his level of production has rarely been seen over the past 50 years for a player in terms of how well he has produced, both in terms of hits, home runs, RBIs, and walks. What he's done has rarely been done by a player in his first 25 games with a new team over the past 50 years. That's how productive Soler has been out of the two spot in the lineup. So I do think that regardless of who the Braves play, Jorge Soler is going to be in the outfield. Following that, I think the next best bet is that against right-handers, Jock Peterson will be in the lineup, and against left-handers, Adam Duvall will be in the lineup. Basically, a platoon that we had foreseen likely be in the case once Rosario came back from injury. Adam Duvall crushes left-handers. Jock Peterson obviously is at his best against right-handers. Now, before Rosario had come back from injury, Guillermo Heredia had been getting plenty of starts against left-handers. But I do think it's fair to say that Eddie Rosario, despite being a left-handed batter himself, he likely offers more upside as a hitter against Southpaws than Heredia does, even though Heredia bats right-handed. So I think that going forward, we're going to see a similar situation that we saw on Sunday as well as on Monday. Against right-handers, you're going to see Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario, and Jorge Soler get the start. Against left-handers, you're going to see Jorge Soler, Adam Duvall, and Eddie Rosario 
get the start. At the end of the day, that means that your two consistent starters are Jorge Soler and Eddie Rosario with the platoon of Adam Duvall as well as Jock Peterson, depending on whether the, the Braves face a righty or a lefty, and Guillermo Heredia is the fifth outfielder who will come in as a defensive replacement. That certainly could be subject to change, but I do think numbers-wise, as well as strategically, that probably is the best overall lineup for the outfield to go with for the Braves moving forward as they face right-handers and left-handers over the next several games. Obviously, it's going to be a very interesting night in L.A. It's going to be a fun one. Charlie Morton versus Walker Buehler. You certainly could this be, see this being a playoff preview. Hopefully, the Braves will get a needed victory. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Daily Chop, part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. You can find the Talking Chop Podcast and the new Road to Atlanta Podcast, two fresh episodes from the Talking Chop Podcast and the, the Road to Atlanta Podcast are now available in your podcast feeds to listen to. Of course, you can find all the great podcast content from Talking Chop and all the written content from Talking Chop at TalkingChop.com, as well as at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. It's been a pleasure. We'll talk to you again here soon on The Daily Hammer. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.